you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. Good morning, Compassion Church. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. We're so glad to have you. So glad to have you at Compassion. As Pastor David said to all of our first-time guests, we want to say welcome, and I hope that I'm speaking this into existence. Welcome home. Amen. Next week's Easter. Woohoo! And we're believing, we're trusting that you're going to invite someone next week that because of your invitation, their eternal destination is going to be changed forever. Amen. I'm believing it. I'm speaking it. Invite your co-worker, your neighbor, your friend, somebody. And we're praying and believing that their lives will be changed forever. So do me a favor. you got a week. Stay on that person for a week. Make sure they're going to come and be with you in service. That friend, co-worker, neighbor, whatever it is, invite them. As I say every Sunday, just do me a favor. Don't invite someone that's going to another church. They got a church. We don't want them. And listen, let me say that. I don't mean that in a mean way. I'm just saying they already have a relationship with Christ. They already go to church. We want you to invite someone that doesn't. And do me a favor. As you can tell, our 10, 11, 30 services, they're, they're packed. Mainly because you got a great preacher, but we'll talk about that later. Do me a favor. Next week. Invite some of them to come to our, we're having Friday uh, at 6.30 and at, no, I'm sorry, 6, 7.30. There we go. 6, 7.30. Thank y'all. 6 and 7.30. And then we will have an 8.30 service next Sunday. Amen. Next Sunday, we're having an 8.30 service. And uh, so we want you guys to be here and, and uh, it's going to be great. Amen. Amen. We continue our, our sermon series. In fact, we concluded today on the road to Easter. Y'all pray for me. I'm doing two sermons. I'm preaching one sermon at the other location today, and then I'm preaching. I'm actually sharing my testimony at our other location today, and then I'm coming here and preaching this, and I'm trying to. So if every once in a while my sermon jumps into something else, you know what it is. And uh, so, but we had a good service over there today. Praise God. When I was a um, kid, we, we lived in the Parsonage in Falcon, North Carolina, big metropolitan area. Um, we didn't have a stoplight in the town. It was a small town. And when I was a kid, it's changed then from a lot of kids today. We lived outside. In fact, my mom didn't give us a choice. You came home from school, you went outside, and you played in the yard. And, uh, and I lived in such a small town that we were able to just be all over the town. And uh, the way I need to come home is we didn't have watches or cell phones. Uh, you know, we, we didn't have that back then. You know, we had the kind of, you had to, remember those little things? You had to use your finger and do it. The way we knew to come home at nighttime is when it started getting dark. When it started getting dark, that was your time to come home. And if I didn't come home by the time it got dark, I got in trouble. So one night, we're at the park, all, me and all my friends were playing, and well, we didn't pay attention to the dark, and we're at the park, and it, finally it's dark, we're like, oh no, oh no, guys, we got to go, and my kids, my kids, my friends took off, 
I took off. Well, there's two ways to my house to get back to my house. One way was a long way. But it would take me longer to get home, which means I'd have gotten in trouble. The other way was to go through a graveyard. Now, during that daytime, I ain't scared of no graveyard. But at nighttime, a whole other story. I didn't like that graveyard, but I had a choice. What do I do? So I decided to go through the graveyard. Whoo. I'm running through that graveyard. I'm dodging, you know, the tombstones. I'm like, well, I'm like this. In fact, me and my friends had, we were young, we had walkie-talkies, and my walkie-talkie broke at the top, so it was real sharp, and I'm running so fast, I did something with my arm, and it cut my wrist. To this day, there's a cut on my wrist. I did not try to kill myself, I promise. There's a cut on my wrist from that walkie-talkie. This is what I remember about being in that graveyard, and it really wasn't that big of a graveyard, but it felt like it was two miles long. I wasn't ever going to make it. In fact, we had a, a, a brick fence that surrounded my house. And I don't know if I've ever jumped that brick fence so fast in my life. I'm like. <laughs> and I just leaped. I remember three things about it, though. I, I remember one is, is feeling the, that moment, the feeling of being completely, utterly alone. And what if one of these hands come up out of this grave? Who's going to protect me? Also, I remember how dark it was. There was no lights in that cemetery, in that graveyard. It was dark. And then the thought, what really bothered me, and I, you know what bothered me, I'm in this place with all these dead people. And are they really dead? <laughs> and that stuck out in my mind. I, I tell you that story today because we conclude our sermon before we get into the resurrection of our Lord and Savior next Sunday about the tomb. Talking about the tomb. In fact, let me read this passage to you. It's out of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3 and 4, and I want you to hear this. For I deliver you first of all that which I, I mean, for I delivered to you first of all that which I received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scripture. I want you to hear that. There are three parts that you need to hear of this. That he died, that he was buried, and that he rose again. If Jesus only died and buried, then he's not the God we think he is. But yet he had to be buried. And today I want to talk to you about the tomb and what it represents to you and to me according to God's word. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you open our hearts and minds to receive, God, what you've got in store. I pray that every heart and every mind to be open, God. And Lord, as we leave today, let us take your word, your love, and let us carry out to a world and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' mighty name, Lord, amen and amen. Now, now to give you some background, Jesus... About 3 o'clock, the day before, had died. They had taken him off the cross. And, and, and I want to stop real quick and, and say something to you for you to understand that this is actually kind of not normal. 
the Romans most of the time did not take them off the cross. They would lead them on the cross to decay. Sometimes they would take them off, but if they did, many times what they would do is they would take the bodies of the criminals and the Romans would throw them in a ditch or a trench somewhere for the animals to eat. Now, the Jewish people did not believe in that. Now, what the Jewish people would not let you do is that they, in essence, uh, they would bury you somewhere other than the, the graves or the fathers or the forefathers. They had a place, two places outside the city that they would bury criminals or those who had been executed. But after Jesus had died on the cross the day before, a man by the name of Joseph Arimathea came and asked Pilate for the body. Now, most of the time that wouldn't have happened. The only people they may would have given the body to would have been to a family member. Now, Joseph of Arimathea, well, he was a wealthy man, a man of influence, part of the Sanhedrin. In other words, they knew him. He had been secretly serving Christ all this time, but it's out in the open now. And he comes and asks Pilate for the body. Now, one is we can assume because of his influence and because of who he was and because of his wealth that that's why they gave the body to Joseph of Arimathea. Another thing we can probably assume and guess is Pilate's feeling guilty. He didn't want to kill Jesus to begin with. He didn't think he was deserving of death. And probably deep down inside, he's struggling with the decision that he's made. And because of this man of influence, he finally says, sure, here, take the body. We know that from there, Nicodemus, and then we know from there that what happens is Joseph and Arimathea, they go and they prepare the body. They embalm the body to get it ready to put in the tomb. And then the Bible tells us that they take the body and they put it inside the new tomb, and that's important, the new tomb. As we hear these stories and about Joseph and Arimathea, as we hear the stories of Pilate giving the body to someone other than a family member, as we hear the stories about tradition, was most time they threw the bodies in a ditch or most time they buried them outside. But for this person, this Jesus, who had been executed as a criminal, to actually be allowed to do what he did, it begins to speak of who he was. What I'm going to talk to you about today is three things as we read this story. Number one, I want you to write this down. Jesus went to a place of loneliness so we wouldn't have to. Jesus went to a place of loneliness so we wouldn't have to. Uh, listen to what it says here. As we read the word, it tells us that he took the body and they placed it in the tomb all by himself, all alone. I can't imagine Father in heaven having to deal with the fact that his son not only has been crucified, but now his son has been placed in this empty, dead tomb. See, Jesus was already feeling all alone. On that cross that day, when the world was against him, when everybody turned against him, when they crucified him, he was already dealing with the loneliness. And remember, we know that it is the case. Why? Because on the cross, what does Jesus say? My Father, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? At that moment, Jesus probably felt the most alone he had ever felt. See, I share this story with you today because as I ran through that grave that day, that graveyard, I felt more alone than I've ever felt in my life. 
I was scared to death. What's going to happen? What's going to transpire? All by myself, nobody's here to protect me. As if zombies come up out of the ground, could have anybody actually protected me? But that's the way I was feeling. Nobody's here. Have you ever been there? All alone? Feel like the world is against you. Nobody is for you. That every decision you've made is bad. That what is going on in your life, who would ever love you after the mistakes that you've made, after the things that you've done, after what you've said, who could ever forgive you? Listen, can I tell you today, if you are a believer in Christ Jesus, you are never alone. Uh, had to, we went to Oklahoma City yesterday, me and Laura, to go to a, a setter meal. It was fantastic. And in fact, I think we may end up doing that here one, one day. I want to do that. But at this setter meal on the way there, I don't listen to music most of the time when I drive. When I drive, I turn everything off, and me and God just have a conversation. But I had my wife with me yesterday, and she wouldn't listen to music. And we're driving down the road, and we'd start talking, and we'd talk, I'd turn the music down. And she goes, why are you turning the music down? She'd turn it back up. And I'd slap her hand. uh, Y'all know that didn't happen. Uh, Because I'd have black eyes. I'd be calling Michelle saying, hey, what do I do to make this bruise go away? That didn't happen. Because I like to be sometimes, I just want to drive and be in my car with God because I know I'm not alone. I'm alone with him. See, you're never alone in those moments when you feel how the world has turned against you. The devil will lie to you and say you're all by yourself, but that is not the truth. The Word of God tells us, look in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never, I will never, say it with me, I will never leave you nor forsake you. No matter what you do, no matter what mistakes you made, no matter what sin you're in, God's with you. In fact, keep that in mind sometimes. When you're in a place you shouldn't be doing something you shouldn't be doing, he's right there with you. I pray that is what happens to you right now. That you're somewhere you shouldn't be and all of a sudden you just see Jesus Right there. Thank you. Amen. And whoever just said amen, that's going to happen to you. So get ready. It's going to happen to you. John 14, 18 says it this way. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. You're never alone. He's right there. He's a conversation away. See, that's all prayer really is. It's nothing more than a conversation. Hey, God. At the other service last week, we had Lacey. She's our administrative uh, assistant over there. And she cracks me when she prays. She goes, hey, God. That's how she starts out her prayer, like, hey, dude. How you doing? And some of you may say, well, that's sacrilegious. No. No, it's not. God just wants to have a conversation with you. You don't have to get all theologian and all scholarly to pray to God. Oh, the mighty God who reigns upon the heavenly abode. Would you begin to enter the presence of my prayers? Even Jesus is going, what? (laughs) You're never alone. 
We've all been there. I've been there. You've been there. In those places in our life where we feel all by ourselves. First, let me say this one. Jesus never leaves you alone. This is the second thing I know. Jesus will always bring people in your life. Jesus will always, listen, I've learned in my life in those difficult moments, Jesus will always bring someone in my life to help me. See, two things usually happen. The devil will always bring someone in your life. But God will always bring someone else to counteract what they're doing, amen? If we just trust and believe in him. Here's the next thing I want you to write down. Jesus is willing to go into the darkness for us. The moment that that tomb was sealed. See, not only did they put Jesus in a tomb, remember the, 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 the priest and the, and the religious folk came to him and said, hey, we remember Jesus said that I shall rise on the third day. Well, if you don't do something, Pilate, what's going to happen is somebody's going to come and steal his body and say he rose from the dead. So they go and take a stone and roll it in front and they seal the tomb so nobody can get in, so nobody can steal the body. Listen, let me say, this right here should be evidence that he did rise from the grave. Listen, nobody would have crossed Nobody would have rolled away that stone. With that tomb, they knew what Pontius Pilate had said. Nobody better come near that tomb. Listen, that even gives us more credence that the Son of God, he was the Son of God, that he did rise from the grave, and he does live forevermore. Amen? But he went into the darkness. Can I tell you, hear me when I say this, God is willing to go in the dark places of your life to bring the light of God. We all have darkness. We all have, you have any secrets? Raise your hand. Everybody put your hand up. Everyone, if you got a secret, if you say you don't, you're lying. The Bible says we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The Bible says we say we're not sinners, we're liars. We've all sinned and fall short of the God. We all have secrets. Maybe it's not as bad as others. And let me say this. Here's the thing. In God's eyes, one sin is not worse than the other sin. We as human beings are the ones that make one sin worse than the other. God doesn't do that. A sin is a sin is a sin. If you robbed a bank or if you stole a pencil, you're both thieves, right? If you killed somebody or you just thought about killing them, in God's mind, it's the same thing. Now, in the police department, it's not. <laughs> so if you kill somebody, don't say, well, hey, my pastor said. <laughs> or if you go the other way and have a tendency to be a little bit, you know, so guilty about your, don't go to the police department and say, hey, you know, Armando made me mad and I'm thinking about killing him. Uh, I'm going to turn myself in. Don't do that either. Because you may not go to jail, but you're probably going to the loony bin. I'm just saying. <laughs> Think about that, Kim. That, I'm, I'm talking to you just in case you've been thinking about that. <laughs> See, Jesus went into the darkness of the tomb so that Jesus come through the darkness of your life. I'm embarrassed. I'm ashamed. I get it. He doesn't want that sin in your life. But can I tell you, there's nothing a part of your life he won't touch and free you from and deliver you from and set you free from. That's the God that we serve. What Martin Luther King said, you know, that 
The only thing that would dispel darkness is light. The only thing that would get rid of hate is love. Can I tell you the only thing that will get rid of the darkness in your life is the light of Christ. Uh, don't get me wrong. I believe in, in eight, 12 step programs. I believe in all of that. I believe in count. We have a CR here. Let me say, I just want to give a shout out. Our CR had 238 people the other day. <laughs> Praise God. You know what that made me realize? We got a lot of drinking and drug problem around here. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just, I'm just, I know, I'm just. I'm just joking. I'm glad that we got people coming. Listen, that was a packed house. Praise God for that. But let me say this. The problem with us most of the time is we are so trying to hide our problems and our sins. Can I tell you that everybody in this church has got a problem? Everybody in this church has got a sin. And if we would stop trying to hide it and just reveal it, then God could do something in our life. Let God, Jesus Christ, go in the dark places of your life. Let his light shine and set you free once and for all. The last one is this. Jesus is willing to go into the dead places for us. Jesus is willing to go into the dead places for us. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 9 through 10, it says, And now this he ascended. What does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. Listen to 1 Peter three eighteen. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring to us God, being put to death in the flesh but made alive by the Spirit, by whom he also went and preached to the spirits in prison. Let me explain. Now, when many times talk about Jesus went down to hell and preached the gospel, we need, we need to make that a little bit known better. He actually went to what we call Hades. And Hades is where the, the dead souls were kept after they had passed. Hades was actually both sides. It was the good and the bad. One was called paradise. One was called Hades, but they refer to Hades. Some actually also call it Sheol. If you look in the Old Testament, it's called Sheol. And the word Hades and the word Sheol actually mean one thing, place of the dead. Now, we many say, times say that Jesus went down to hell to get the keys for death. That ain't the case. Jesus never gave them up. God never gave them away. Do you hear me? He's always possessed them. We'll always possess them. What he did, though, was it's told us right there. He went to preach. In other words, everybody would hear the gospel. Everybody would hear the good news. Jesus not only did it to the living, but he actually went to the dead places and spoke the life of who Jesus is to the dead. How do we know that? We know that after Jesus rose from the grave, we know that some come up out of the grave and were walking around. That would have freaked you out. Aunt Sally? We thought you were gone. That's funny. And I'm sorry that you got an Aunt Sally that just offended you. I apologize. See, for some of you, it's not just a lonely place. For some of you, it's not just a dark place. As I'm closing, for some of you, 
There are some places in your life that are dead. Your dreams. Who you wanted to be, who you wanted to become. You think there's no hope. For some of you, maybe it's your marriage. You think there's no hope left. It's dead. Let's bury it and go on. For some of you, there was a call on your life years ago. You think it's passed you by. There's no hope of ever stepping into that role. For some of you, it's because of your mistakes, your sins, your failures. That what God called me to do, you're like Peter. I'm going fishing. I quit. I give up. See, all of us have some dead places in our life. Maybe for you it's hope. That you have no hope left. See, Jesus went to the dead places to speak life. If you will allow Jesus today, he will come in your life and speak. Or he'll come in your places of death and bring life to your marriage. There's hope. The call of God is without repentance. For some of you, I'm too old. Listen, my spiritual father did not become a pastor until he was about 45 years old. He was an alcoholic most of his life up until that moment. For some of you today, I want you to hear me. We serve of God of resurrection. Not just of our physical bodies, but of your dreams, your hopes, your calls, your marriages, your finances, your happiness and your joy. See, he went in the tomb so you wouldn't have to live in the tomb. He stayed there so you wouldn't have to live there. That's the God that we serve. He went into the dead places so you can live in the resurrected places. That's the God that we serve. And if there's a place in your life today that is dead, it's only because you haven't given it to God. If there's darkness in your life today, it's only because you haven't allowed the light of Christ to shine through. If you're struggling with loneliness today, it's only because you have forgotten that there is a God that will never leave us, nor shall he forsake us. He says these words to us, Lo, I am with thee always, even to the very ends of the age. God's with you today. I don't know what's going on in your life. Some of you are struggling with loneliness today. Some of you are struggling with dark places in your life that you need freedom and liberty. Some of you today that there's dead places that you gave up on years ago. What you don't understand and what you don't realize is God didn't kill it. God didn't let it die. In fact, I want you to hear me when I say this today. Listen, what God has ordained and God has promised and God has spoken, God will do for his promises are yes and amen. I want you to stand with me. I know some of you today feel like you're in that tomb. You're all alone in the middle of the darkness thinking that all your hopes and dreams are dead and I'm telling you it is a lie for the devil. I've been a pastor long enough to know I'm telling you the devil, he's good. But if you'll learn, you'll see that he's a liar. 
He's a cheater. That what he says about you isn't true. What he proclaims about your future is a lie. Listen, when you think about your future and it comes with fear and dread, that is not God. That's the devil. He says, for I know the plans that I have for you of a hope and of a future. And what you thought was dead, it's not dead. It's just been dormant. It's just waiting for the right time. Hallelujah. Here, let me say this. Some of you got a call on your life. You can run, but you can't hide. You can try to go in the tomb and hope that it's sealed up and God won't come. I'm telling you, he'll come in the middle of your tomb and whisper in your ear, why haven't you been doing what I've called you to do? As I said at the other campus today, as I gave my testimony, I said it could have been a lot easier to go do something else with my life than do something that puts me in the limelight. But I had no choice but to do what my God had called me to do. And I'm not saying it's always easy. And I'm not saying it don't come with trouble. But I am telling you it is worth it. It is worth it. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. If you're struggling today in your life with loneliness, I want you to raise your hand right now. Yes. Lord, I pray for every hand that is raised. I pray, Lord, that you remind them today that they are not alone. You are right there with them. That you'll never leave them nor forsake them. That, God, you've got them. You're beside them. That, Lord, today in Jesus' name, free them from that fear of being all by themselves and that no one will ever be there for them. Remind them that, God, you're with them today. Also, Lord, I pray that you would bring men and women of God in their life, righteous men and women that will help them in their journey of following you. If you're here and you've got some dark places in your life that you know are not of God that need to go, that you need to be freed from, I want you to raise your hand right now. Hallelujah. Yes. Lord, I pray for every hand that is raised, whatever that darkness is, whatever that secret is, whatever that sin may be, whatever fear it is, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name today that, God, there ain't no sin more powerful than the grace and the mercy of God. And I speak today that that darkness, that, Lord, it would see the light of Christ and those secrets and those sins and, and those mishaps and mistakes and whatever it may be, I pray that it be gone, gone in the name of Jesus Christ today. If you're here today, you've been struggling with some dead places, things you thought were over. There was no hope. You never thought it could live. You thought it was over. And you, but you know today that God can revive it and resurrect it. I want you to raise your hand right now. Yes, Lord, I pray for every hand that is raised. And I ask in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, that, Lord, you would resurrect that dream and resurrect that hope. That, Lord, today you would bring to life that call that never went away, the call that never died. Although the devil tried and the enemy spoke, but, God, you're more powerful than the words of the enemy. That, Lord, that call is alive more than it ever has been before. I speak life over their marriage, life over their kids. I speak life over that job. I speak life over their joy and their peace and their hope. I speak life today. Thank you, Lord. With every head bowed, every eye closed, one last question. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and as Savior and you would like to give your heart and life to him, I want you to know he's here today. 
is very simple. All you have to do is admit that you're a sinner in need of God's grace and wonderful love. Believe that he is a son of the living God, died on a cross for you, rose on the third day. And with your mouth, confess him, Lord of your life, and shall be saved. So if you're here, nobody's looking around, just you, me, and the Lord, and you would like to give your heart and life to Christ today, I want you to lift up your hand right now. Is there anybody? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I've got two that have raised their hand. Give God praise. I want all of you, not just the two that raise their hand, but I want all of you to say this prayer with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. As two new names have been written down in the Lamb's book of life. Amen? Amen. Say it. Dear Jesus, I invite you to my heart and into my life. Forgive me of all my sins and all my ways. I repent and I turn to you and ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life forever and ever. Amen. Give God praise today. We are so thankful that you chose to join us here at Compassion Church Online today. We hope and pray that God spoke something specifically to your heart and life that you can take and go share with someone else. Don't forget, if you have any needs or prayers, make sure that you connect with us. We're a family and we do life together. So don't forget, comment below, message one of us, and we'd love to connect with you. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you back next week. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc.